Hello, everybody. Welcome back once again to another episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast, offering you a forward look at what you can expect to hear from our Knowledge Group webcast. And on this particular episode, we're going to be joined by our panelists on Tuesday, July 25, kicking things off at 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock Eastern and lasting for one hour. We'll be talking about exploring the AI patent landscape, emerging top trends and shifts to watch for. The panelists for this webcast are Mr. Robert Pluckin and Mr. Orlando Lopez. More information about our panelists and the webcast can be found in our description box, as well as a website for details on how to sign up and how to tune in, whether that's on demand or live. Joining us today is one of our panelists, Mr. Robert Pluckin, to give us an overview of this very interesting topic. So without further ado, we'll turn things over to our speaker right now. Hi, I'm Robert Plotkin. I'm a patent attorney specializing in software patents. I have focused on obtaining patents for innovative software for over 25 years for leading technology companies around the world. Uh, and in recent times, I've particularly enjoyed uh, working on AI-related inventions, which will be the focus of our upcoming webinar. Thank you, Robert. Glad to have you back here. So we'd like to get uh, to hear your insights about a few things about AI patents. We know the term AI refers to a very complex and rapidly evolving set of technologies, and AI is now being used for so many different purposes. It really must be difficult to figure out whether a new AI-related invention can be patented. So when a client comes to you with a new invention that uses AI, how do you approach determining whether and how to patent that invention? Yeah, it's a great point. And it is true that AI systems are very complex and that they vary widely. But at the same time, uh, the vast majority of AI systems that are in use today contain certain types of components in common with each other and perform certain types of processes in common with each other, at least when they're viewed at a high level. Uh, For example, many of the leading AI-related inventions that we've all seen and that come to my door from clients uh, involve the use of some kind of a model, like a neural network that's been trained using machine learning And uh, that's just one example of a a widespread commonality. And because so many AI systems have things like that in common with each other, it's possible to evaluate the patentability of many AI systems by asking a relatively small number of common questions about them. Now, I'm not going to spoil all the details in this podcast, uh, but in my presentation in the webinar, I'll step through a Uh, straightforward and systematic framework uh, for evaluating AI-related inventions for patentability that I found very useful in most cases. And one benefit of that framework is that it takes a lot of the guesswork out of patenting AI-related inventions, and it also helps to uncover a variety of different ways to patent the same invention in order to obtain the maximum scope of patent protection for that invention, which you might overlook otherwise. Okay, I see. So um, on another area with that, um, large language models are very hot topic now, especially since the release of ChatGPT. 
have you seen many new innovations involving large language models? And what should we know about whether they can be patented and how to patent them? Yeah, everyone wants to know about this. And it is true that especially since the release of ChatGPT late last year, I've seen just a flood of inventions coming to me uh, from companies involving the use of large language models. And there's just an incredible amount of innovation going on with large language models now. And I think we're, we're just beginning to see the wide variety of ways in which large language models can be put to use. Uh, I've already been seeing inventions in which large language models are being used as part of applications that uh, do things that are very far removed from what we would normally think of as being language related, for example. Uh, and I'm intentionally being a bit vague here in order to avoid revealing any confidential details about inventions that clients of mine are working on, but I'll just say this is a very, very exciting time with people experimenting with all kinds of ways to, to make use of the power of large language models. So on one hand, patenting inventions involving the use of large language models isn't really any different than patenting inventions that involve the use of other kinds of models, other kinds of neural networks or machine learning uh, trained models. But on the other hand, the fact that large language models process text input to generate text output does make it necessary uh, for me as a patent attorney to be particularly careful about how I write patent applications involving that technology in order to avoid rejections under uh, Section 101 of the U.S. Patent Act, uh, where those rejections would, would assert that the invention is just directed to an abstract idea, isn't tied to a practical application. You can run into more of those problems with, with language models if you don't write the patent application carefully. And I will go into that in a lot more detail uh, in the webinar itself. Mm, I see, I understand. So many aspects of AI systems, such as training neutral networks, can be understood by humans. So how do you deal with this when patenting systems that contain components that are not possible to understand? Yes, yeah, a very interesting aspect of this technology. You know, people listening may have heard uh, people at OpenAI talking about the fact that they they were originally taken by surprise by what uh, their language models like GPT-3 and GPT-4 could do. So they, even the developers of that technology uh, didn't expect it to do things it could do, maybe didn't understand how it could do some of the things it could do. And that's pretty common. And when you train a, a very large neural network, a, no human can examine that neural network and, and understand how it does what it does. So at first glance, that might seem like a very significant problem. Or how would you patent something when you don't understand how it works? But really, when you step back from it and recognize that uh, many inventions throughout history have had that feature where inventors don't understand how the invention works. And when you see that, the problem becomes a lot easier. For for example, historically, in the case of many chemical inventions, uh, where someone invents a new chemical compound, the inventor in many cases may know 
that the invention works and performs some useful function and can explain how to make and use that compound, but without necessarily knowing how or why the invention does what it does. They might not even know what the chemical structure of the compound is, for example. And patent law has long allowed and provided mechanisms for such inventors to, to patent those kinds of inventions by, for example, describing how to make and use the invention, even if the inventor doesn't know what the structure of the invention is or how it works. So if we analogize that to AI-related inventions, uh, as long as the inventor can explain how to construct a working version of the invention, uh, for example, how to train a, a model, like I keep using example of a neural network because it's so common these days, how to train a neural network, and then how to use that trained model. This should be sufficient to satisfy the requirements for patentability. And I'm not saying this is necessarily easy to do in practice. In every case, it can be hard to write those patent applications. Uh, but my point is patent law doesn't impose any inherent barriers to patenting such inventions just because the inventors don't know how they work. Again, in the webinar, I'll go into this topic in much more detail for the uh, patent attorneys attending. I'll explain some of the specific legal mechanisms, types of claims uh, people can write in order to protect those types of inventions. And uh, you know, I'll provide very specific practice pointers for maximizing the likelihood of getting a patent and for maximizing the scope of protection that those patents provide. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. Don't forget, more information about this webcast can be found in our description box below, along with a link to take you to the full agenda of the program on Tuesday, July 25. We hope you can join us at 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock Eastern, or register to get a copy of the recording if your calendar is full. Whatever you choose to listen, we hope to see you there. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. Take care and bye for now.